God, I thought DragonCon had standards. <laughs> uh, well, obviously they don't because we're here. Yeah, well, that's very true. We just squeaked by. So, uh... Like that. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> so, are we Are we at time? What's happening? you got a couple of minutes to go. Two minutes. We could start early. Yeah. Give yeah, them the body for money, dude. Yeah. yeah. It's our party. We can cry if we want to. True. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, tell everyone to mark that bingo space. But... <laughs> Failed joke? Thanks. Thanks. Oh, uh, 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 the bingo? So, all right, we'll, we'll just go ahead and get started. Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, hi. I'm, uh, hi. Uh, so, I'm uh, Wooji Walls. I'm Chief Cook and Bottle Washer of MeatCoffee.com. And uh, welcome to our BrickCop panel, where we will basically meander and discuss uh, with you joining in about British music and of, uh, of any and all sorts. So, uh, oh, let's, good. Yes. What? No, good. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah, we're trying to talk about the good stuff. We're trying to talk about the good stuff, but we understand that, you know, goodness is sometimes in the ear of the beholder, so we will try not to judge. <laughs> we will fail, but we will try not to judge. Now, I mean, you guys will fail to judge. Tuffley and I will be like, get the fuck out of here. I, I would like to point out that there's a, there's a slightly confusing thing about the name of this panel. Yes. Because Britpop, to me, growing, exactly. growing up yes. in the UK and Ireland. I know. Ireland is not the UK. Um, <laughs> that, uh, if you learn one thing from this panel, please learn that. Please learn that. Because we, if it, yeah. if it comes up later, it won't get pretty. Um, it's an important thing to bring up in music. Panel. But Britpop, to me, is a very specific sound and time of British music, yes. of mid-90s yes. British music, yeah. and indie rock kind of yes. music. Well, so last year when we started this panel, and uh, Rob made me start the panel itself, because he's like, so Aaron, what do you think about Britpop at the moment? And I was like, well, most of them have split up, right? And we ended up, we ended up talking for the, a lot of the panel about Pulp, because I asked people fine. in the room, do they know who Pulp is? And you, very enthusiastic, put your hand up, but that, that day, nobody did. Yes. Yes. No, but they didn't admit it at first. Yes. So they came up to me afterwards, oh, I knew who Pulp were, and it's like, yeah, right, yeah. hipster, get out of here. But, um, so yeah, so I, I'm yeah. always slightly confused by that. But um, Sorry, I, don't, I didn't think of the panel name, I just show up now. Okay, fair well, enough. And, and to be fair, I just know us, and know that we can start talking about Britpop, but there's no telling where it will end up. Well, no. Knowing us, we're lucky if we stay within the confines of the Brit yeah. portion of it, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So, so uh, shall, shall we say who I, I've said who I am? I think you guys should uh, say who you are. Toughly go. Who are you? I am J.M. Toughly. I uh, am on a music podcast with this one and that one. Doesn't like uh, me. Called Soundboard. It's not that we don't like it. It's just the always asleep. Okay, that's true. So, time zones. Oh. <laughs> time zones. Uh, but it's called the uh, the Soundboard. Uh, we try to do one every month, and. Uh, and I also contribute to uh, the other thing, which is uh, Weekend Justice, which we haven't quite figured out what to describe it as, other than the trade rock. So 170 episodes in, we still don't know what the hell we're doing. We don't know what it is, so... All right, Rob, who are you? Oh, sorry. Um, sorry. <laughs> the sleep thing's kicking in. Um, hi, Kim. Um, hi, I'm Rob Levy. Um, I'm an alcoholic. Um, I'm quickly. So anyway, um, yes, I do the soundboard with these two fine gents, and it's been absolutely awesome. Um, it's fine. No, it is. It's awesome. I, I really enjoy doing it. It's fun. Uh, so I want to say that. Uh, separate trailers. I also do a uh, Doctor Who column for Anglotopia called Doctor Hooligan, and I had to explain to Jonathan what that meant, and I'm like, well, it's a combination of you know 
punk rock and Dr. What's that? Never mind. So, um, and then I do a radio show on KDHX uh, called Juxtaposition. It's online. It's uh, basically, think of NPR, but they only play music for independent radio. There's so few of them left in the country. Kind of like KEXP in Seattle or Morning Becomes Electric with that bastard Nick Harcourt. But anyway, I'm just kidding. He's very lovely. Anyway, um, so he, that stream's online. So the show is on Wednesdays. Uh, 7 to 9 central time I'm, you guys can figure that out right now my brain will hurt if I try to change that but it's 7 to 9 central on Wednesdays it's archived you can listen to it for two weeks the playlists are up so before you hurt your ears you can look at the playlist and see if you want to invest any time in it if not no big deal go listen to you know Madonna records or something there's also so, lovely talking in between tracks yeah that's true um, so there you go and um, this is I think our 10th year of doing this panel and we like doing it so thanks for coming and please if you have your apps out um, for DragonCon, you can rate the panel, so please rate us very nicely. So, Aaron, who are you? Um, well, you kind of gave the game away. Sorry. My name is Aaron Poole, sometimes known as Aaron Fever. Uh, I'm an internet whore, uh, so I won't I won't list all the things I do online because we, we will fill up the whole hour. But um, I suppose Actually, related. If you would like to add, start listening to us. Yeah, <laughs> um, I would. I would uh, say musically related. I do a, a music, a semi-regular music uh, column with a few other writers called Audiophilia on the website of Doom. Um, so you, you can find my my musings there for music. But uh, otherwise, if you just search Aaron Fever, you will find the eighteen different websites that I do. Thank you. <laughs> Kim Marie. Hi, I'm Kim Tuffley. I'm also with NeatCoffee.com. I went to the film fest one time and won Tuffley as a prize, so hey, it worked Aww. out. You really do win with meetcoffee.com. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm here so that when they start talking about something that's so obscure nobody's ever heard of it, I can pull them back into the realm of something that you might actually be able to find. And cuteness. And cuteness. Hey, now, are you saying that Tuffley and I have and weird cuteness. taste? And cuteness. She's got to bring it back for the rest of us. That's I don't have weird taste. I want, to, I want to be just like all the other different people. All right, so where do we go from here now that all the children are growing up? Did we mention the Blur comeback this year, Blur concerts? Go for it. Uh, I didn't see them. They're done. They're done. <laughs> they played Hyde Park. Um, well, they in, played a live cast on uh, BBC, didn't they? Yeah, and you can actually, you can, it's, on, it's online, so you can listen to it on, on YouTube and, and through their site. But Blur played um, the afternoon of the opening ceremonies, they, or the closing ceremonies, the ceremonies at the Olympics. They played in Hyde Park, a free concert. And um, Wasn't that with the specials in New Order? Yeah. Yes, but New Order without Peter Hook, so it's kind of, yeah. You know. Bad Lieutenant. Yeah. Um, but so the basic thing is Blur just put out a box set uh, called 21. All of their albums have been remastered. You can buy them separate with extra tracks. But it's got all the B-sides and just basically everything possible related to Blur has been put out. And uh, the, the record store, eight seven inches are on it, everything. And Damon Albert pretty much intimated that this is it. We're done. Well, they so. did release a couple of songs, didn't they? Yeah. 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 Under the West Way. Under the West yeah. Way and the Puritan. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of teasing in a way, because if, if they have no plans to do anything further, like why, you know, just mess with our heads with a couple of extra tunes and let us yeah. know what could have been. You know, you have to fund the new cheese line. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, <laughs> cheese doesn't make itself. Interestingly enough, the way their contract works with EMI, if they re-release any compilations or reissues of their catalog, they get a 60-40 split. If they release new material on a compilation thing, the split then becomes 70-30 them. Ah. Uh, 
Yeah, because remember, we're dealing with EMI Capital Parlophone, and in case you, do, for those of you who don't know anything about EMI in England, they're freaking retards. They're the Which creation, is going to be universal quite soon. Yeah, EMI is basically the creation con of bad music. So um, that that's part of it. So whenever you see these compilations with like unreleased tracks, that's always either one they just really are done, or they put extra things on there, not just to take your money because they want it, but there's usually a legal thing. Lurking in the background, so they can get more money. Yeah, there was the Monty Python contractual obligation album. Yeah, yes. Yes. perfect. Yes. Well, I mean, and that's the thing too is that, uh, I mean, bands are done all the time, and yet I know. aren't. So <laughs> I, I, I never believe I anybody when they say they're done. So does, does that lead us to the Stone Roses? Nobody's what? ever done what? until they're dead, and even then, you can't really. Oh, no. yeah, This is yeah, this is pretty much the year that all the Summer of Love bands are back. Pretty much, it happened. Mondays are touring. Stone Roses are touring. Pulp is playing on a boat. Uh, um, this December, they are playing the Coachella Cruise. Please remind what? me, Stuffley, yeah, really? or Mrs. Yes. Stuffley, to talk about the Richard Hollywood record later. But uh, Pulp is playing uh, on a boat. And, uh, what? Morrissey. Yes, Morrissey is touring. Actually, interestingly, uh, Morrissey is in the Los Angeles show. Iggy and the studios are opening for him. Yeah. Everyone heard about Morrissey's ultimatum about bringing the Smiths back, right? He, he said the only, he would only come back with the, well, he guaranteed that he would re- reunite the Smiths if the current uh, British government stepped down. <laughs> um, so, but then he'd find something else. Write to, write to an MP in, yeah. in Britain if you really want to see it happen. Folks. And there's, I really love the Smiths. Please resign. There's a really great uh, book coming out that I got an arc of by Tony Fletcher. And uh, I'm biased because I know him, but I also know that he spent five years doing it. Um, it's called There's a Light That Goes Out. It's a history of the Smiths. And he basically went, he got the, he, first of all, it's the only person ever to interview everyone in the Smiths about being in the Smiths. But then he also got to talk to their road manager, their old booking agent, their old the record guy. He talked to uh, Alan McGee about, you know, them. He, he talked to um, the guy, Factory, uh, Tony Wilson, before he died, about why didn't you sign the Smiths to Factory? And the infamous, well, I didn't think they'd sell any records. So um, <laughs> Jeff Travis from Rough Trade did. It's this really cross-broad book on the Smiths. So if you like that, uh, you may want to look for that. It comes out around Christmas. Um, I'm going to write about it for the site because there's a bunch of Smiths and Morrissey-related books coming out. and Nothing nothing says miserableism at Christmas like the Smiths. So, um, yeah, am I the only one? Yeah, not to be confused with David Morrissey, who's also going to be here to be filming Walking Dead, but it's a very different type of thing. He's actually already here. Is he already here? He's yeah. here, yeah. Why didn't they get him to come to Con? That's not started on the Dragon Con. So anyway. Okay. Yeah. Um, Just saying, but yeah. Am I the only one who, who finds Morrissey irresistibly humorous? Uh, I just love talking like he, he sings. Just, he's just so funny. So, I just... <laughs> Like, Hello, Rugged Call. I have. What is the, the musical equivalent of Droopy Dog? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or Huckleberry Hound. Yeah. Yes. At, yeah. at our house, the blank, you know, fill in your own card and apples to apples says Morrissey. Well, awesome. Has everyone seen the, the clip of him when they were in the Smiths on a children's TV show on the top yes. of the Silver Decker Bulls? Q Gardens. Yes. Yeah, was he singing There Was a Light That Never Go Out or something yeah. like that? Yeah. And there were all these little school kids just sitting around like, yeah. we wouldn't have a song now with Morrissey. Heaven knows I'm miserable now. Heaven knows I'm miserable now. Let me just say, please, there, there is, please find this on YouTube. It is absolutely amazing. I don't yeah. know what children's it's show was. It's on this DVD, too. Is it? Yeah. Because basically, uh, I think the line is, it's Morrissey talking to a little kid. Little kid. On a bus. On a bus. 
<laughs> and the kid goes, where are we going? And Morrissey goes, we're all going mad. Yeah. He goes, I thought we were going to Kew Gardens. <laughs> yeah. Man. Anytime you need joy in your life, just watch that and think, I live in a universe where that happened. They've uh, re-released Viva Hate. As a, as a, in Britain, they like to do these reissues. To, and I'll get to some of those later. But the tacky match. Don't let me get to that later. Don't let me forget that toughly. Um, but the Viva Hate reissue is really great. I mean, he, they're re-releasing. Morrissey's like kind of he doesn't have American record catalog, so he's doing greatest hits albums and mining his old catalog. He's got a, he's got labels that have said they've put out his record, but he's like his weird list of demands is like so bizarre that uh, I've seen his contract writer. It's just like this guy's a pain in the friggin' ass. It's, it's so humorous. I almost think he thinks of things just on the whim, just because he doesn't want to play something. Well, he, he does demand that there's no meat allowed to be sold in any of his ve- uh, venues and stuff. No like glasses. That there. Did he walk off at Chelsea when somebody was making hot dogs? Yep. Yes. <laughs> he came out yeah. with a nope. box of Cheetos because he was pissed everybody was eating hot Yeah. Because I brought my own. <laughs> yeah, no... Uh, Did he swing them around like the flowers as well? No glasses. No glasses. Only plastic cups. No beer bottles. Uh, no ice. Because ice clinks in cups. Um, <laughs> dressing room only has like certain wow. types of flowers brought in from certain... Natural born gore. I mean, it's just like wow. This so is, if you have trouble booking Morrissey, you can get Van Halen. <laughs> well, barely. I mean, his tour this year is weird because he's playing like these huge places in LA and he's playing these huge venues, but then he's playing like a 500 person theater in Asheville, North Carolina. He's playing a bar in Austin that seats 120 people. You know, you know what he's playing here? Cobb Energy. No. He's playing at uh, TBCDZ. In November. Yes. Right. At Cobb Energy Center. Yeah. Yep. For those it's, who don't it's, know, it's. It was, it was used as a CDC in The Walking Dead, so now every time we pass by it, we go, didn't you blow up? <laughs> it's the Everyone Who'd Have Me tour. So, yeah, and every year one of the humorous things I, I like to do whenever it's um, Coachella or Lollapalooza season is, let's see how much money the Smiths turned down this year, right? And they're up to $15 million, right? Before this year, the, the, the Clash were the band that was offered the most. And the day was... Drummer died. No, the day before Joe Strummer died, he had a, they had an oral agreement in place to play Coachella and oh. an American tour of eight dates. Yeah, weren't they going to play with it? Wasn't that with Nine Inch Nails? Yeah, they were going to play with Nine Inch Nails, and then we are going to do a couple shows, um, sort of his warm-ups in between, and then next day he died. Fuck. I, it's one of the two days I took off work for musical sickness was when Johnny Cash and Joe Strummer died. So, um, so yeah, the Smiths are always at this panel with sorts of odd amusement, but... Um, I think we talked about like all these bands are coming back. The Stone Roses, the Happy Mondays. Um, the Stone Roses right now can't get American visas, so that tour is, is like soccer stadiums in England, uh, pretty much. Um, and we don't know if they're coming over here. It's well, a lot of it was in May. There's a couple things in the fall coming up. I think they're still playing a couple of festivals. Yeah, they turned down the Olympics because it was too small for them. <laughs> Uh, which I thought was incredibly pompous and brilliant at the same time. They're like, we're going to show up and do one song? No. We're bigger than that. And I'm like, really? That's kind of cool. But at the end of the day, you're an asshole. They go to go Dynamite had a, reunion, a big reunion tour last year. Yeah. I mean, all these sort of bands are happy, you know, like the Monday, um, Primal Scream doing... Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw them in Austin. We drove down to Austin, saw them, and then drove back. And they haven't 
It's, it's it's literally like they fell out of 1986. Yeah, I know. Trying to figure out how to stay till Thursday to squeeze in Dead Can Dance and the Jesus and Mary Jane, but then I realized it's the same night, and that would hurt my ear, my ears. But um, we have a spare room, Rob. Don't tell me that. Um, the we interesting thing: room, the first time I saw the Jesus and Mary Jane, I was in high school, and they played in Chicago. I'm like, Where do I go see the Jesus and Mary Jane? So they go on stage. This is right before Psycho Candy came out. They played for 12 minutes with their backs to the audience and ice, and they flooded the audience. They basically took, before the show, six or seven big cartons of dry ice and just set them strategically on top of every speaker. And then they had a sound guy put one in front of the stage as well. And they played for 12 minutes with their backs to the audience and walked off. I was just like, wow, what the fuck was that? And then I was hooked. And then I was totally hooked. So um, all those bands are back. All those sort of like 90s alternative bands are back. But then the other big hype, and Eric can talk about this a little bit, is the new Mumford & Sons record, um, which is not even out yet. And it's already, I'm sorry. But it's like, it's not even out yet, and I'm already sick of it. Which, which I, oh, I, had, I had a problem, because I didn't know for a very long time that they were actually British, because I thought they were American from the way they sing. Yeah. Uh, also waistcoats. Um, <laughs> um, which is, and there was just something very, and it was the, kind of the start of the current trend of hipsterism as well. And so they, current. Just, yeah, well, the, the modern side because they they dress differently than the old hipsters used to dress. But um, <laughs> they, the December, the, the, the silver age, <laughs> the silver age hipsters. But it was just there. There was just a, 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 they were oozing, just trying too hard. There was just something about them that I just could never get into. Um, I mean, they make catchy music. I mean, you're, it's not your fault, but mine, or whatever the hell that song is, is has looped in my head more than once before. But yeah. it's just, uh, I think, I don't know if there's that much interest in them. They were very big, but I think they were like a one album wonder. They're gonna mine them over here because of the Americana thing with the like the Avett Brothers and things like that. Yeah. They'll do better over here. But the thing I like the most about Mumford Sons is that they made everyone forget about U2 for a while. <laughs> and wouldn't you rather have that than Bono again? Well, no, I, I, want, I, want, I always have this battle with people, and I don't know if Aaron and I have actually ever talked about it. It drives me nuts when people say, uh, you know, if you say I like British bands, they can name ten things. It's like, oh, I like this Irish band called U2. You know there's a thousand other great bands coming out of Ireland. Oh, fuck yeah. You know, besides U2. <laughs> I, no, like, I, the one I, I love say, right now is Tudor Cinema Club. We're from I, Belfast. But, yes. No, Tudor Cinema Club are fantastic. The Minutes are yes. a really good band. Is the new Tudor record out yet? No, but I can send you a it, link. For no, it. I tell you what, the, it was supposed to be out next month. I think it's like the start of October, and uh, it got leaked about two months ago uh, because basically they had sent one or two copies of the pretty much the final product to uh, uh, journalists. And what seems to be the modern case now is as soon as a journalist gets a copy of something, they put it up online straight away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the, the yeah. lovely, lovely lead singer of Tudor Simla Club wrote a very pleading and very heartfelt letter on his website um, for people that's like please don't download it you're, you're gonna hear it but we want you to hear it when you know we're, we're completely happy everything's done everything's ready to go you know don't like don't ruin things it's like hearing like the the, the, the finale to a movie before actually going to see it like you know and we need like we don't make much money we're a small band like you know we need everything that we can get so if you do support us please wait to buy it it was absolutely beautiful and then, the internet made fun- Spotify, by the way. and then the internet made fun of him, and he had to yeah. take the email, the, the letter down oh, after a couple of hours. Damn. Yeah, because they were just like, "Screw you, man!" I was like, "I want to get the album. I want to hear it now." Whatever, I don't know. But they're 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 a very good band, and they're, they're again, they're one of those bands that actually don't sound like they're from Britain yeah. when you first hear them, which is fine. Which is yeah, which is good. I mean, the sound is 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 getting very diverse now because of that. I mean. 
the Britpop style music mm-hmm. is actually hard to find now in the British scene. It's, it's thankfully, yeah, and to a, to a large extent. I mean, I think they played it out to to a big degree. But I mean, yeah. one of the biggest bands in Britain right now is a is a hip hop group called Rizzle Kicks, and they do really really fantastic stuff. And they 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 they've done collaborations with like uh, Ed Sheeran and um, I think Florence and Machine as well. Yeah. But they just they're, they're kind of the they're connected with everybody at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's 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 kind of it's interesting that way. But yeah, Two North Cinema Club is fantastic. The Minutes is a fantastic Irish band. Fight Like Age are coming out with a new album, who are fantastic. Uh, I'm I'm very blessed in the fact that I you know I live in Dublin, which is uh, the capital and largest city in Ireland, and it's only got a million people in it. This is a back cover record coming out. Yeah. Um, possibly. Yeah, I haven't heard about that one now, but uh, I get to see all these bands for like 15 bucks. Uh, every couple of weeks if I feel like it so I'm very lucky that way but yeah no, I'm really chuffed with the art scene at the moment and all the you have a spare room? <laughs> <laughs> well all the and it's interesting too because all the the quote unquote hipster traits and it's sad because the best one just went under which was the word um, uh, they they're all saying that the next the next outside of um like Hotbed, not counting Scandinavia, is going to be Belfast because there's all these bands out of Belfast that are like finally sort of getting their shit together, playing together, supporting each other, and not getting shot at. And not getting well, it's not even that. It's just that it's always been everybody's all, bands always have a nature of being suspicious of other bands. You know, even Stiff Little Finger said, you know, we didn't play well with others, which is part of the reason we weren't as big as we could have been. Um, so there's finally this like sense of community coming out of there, and I think you're going to see a ton more in the same way that now you're starting to see more bands come out of Liverpool and Leeds, you're going to start seeing more bands come out of Belfast, which will be interesting. Uh, but there are a ton of great Irish bands around as well, too. Like the Minutes, I think I found out about them through you, and they're I, great. I saw them live on Tuesday. And, uh, yeah. And like, Tuesday, in, in a, Tuesday? It, this Tuesday just gone in a venue the size of this room. And they... I, I had known about three of their singles. I hadn't I hadn't bought their album yet. I will be now, um, but I heard three of their singles from regular radio play. And uh, god damn, they rocked my socks off. They just came out into the crowd and started doing solos like it, with, you know, yeah. with everybody, and just like completely like within two songs, sweat was pumping off them just because they were rocking so hard. Nice. And it's a one again a band again a band that you wouldn't really expect to be from Ireland because yeah. when you hear them, they sound a little bit like uh, the cross between like Foo Fighters, Queen of the Stone Age, just kind of that like you know bluesy rock kind of stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's they're yeah. awesome. Yeah. And speaking of the Foo Fighters, uh, Tuffley and I actually saw a great man from Wales opening for the Foo Fighters in Atlanta, which is the, the Joy Formidable. Yes. Yeah. And they were fantastic. Yeah, they're They great. were really good live, and I've really enjoyed their album. They've been here about four or five times over the last year, so uh, I know they're working on a record right now. So Has Biffy Clyro made it over here yet? Yes. Yeah. Biffy Clyro has been here for a while, but never broken. It, which is Matador works their records to death, but they don't get any radio play. They get no support. But they're they're like this big thing over there. They're the kings of the basically the stadium rock yeah. scene um, in, in in Britain, and they're they've been going for years. They have so many albums, and they release an album almost every year as well. They're just churning them out. Those yeah. guys are. But like, if you can find, um, you know, the name of the album yeah. with the newest one. What's the, the newest one with the uh, two flags on the cover? Only revolutions. Only revolutions. Revo- I think it's just revolutions, is it? it? Yeah, with Captain and, yeah, and, and, and Bubbles. And, yeah, uh, you'll anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you'll recognize it when you see it. Yeah, yeah, just just try and find their newest album. It's it's really good. Are you taking notes? No. 
if you are, it's okay. You're my hero. That's a good thing. Hopefully, I do it all the when time. I, it drives him nuts. Last time, I was like frantically typing on my horrible keyboard yeah. on the phone, like, oh, I have to take notes of all these fans. Well, the great thing is, you know. It, it sucks because growing up as a kid, I'd have to go to the record store and like look through the indie import bin and like fight other people for the one copy of like you know the Cactus World News. Thirty five dollars. You know, and now everything's like it comes out in England on a Monday. It's on Spotify or other <clears throat> sources um, by the end of the week. You know, and I have put off downloading music and going to other sites because I knew it would create a monster. Holy. Shit. Daily deal. Oh my god. Well, no, and Spotify, it's just like, I have to stay off of it because it's like crack. I literally spent 19 hours on Spotify one day and that was it. I'm like, I'm done. I can't. This is going to kill me. It always bugs me because it's blocked in Ireland. So yeah. whenever you guys keep posting links, like, well, there's, there's, there's I can't actually, get on a-, a friend of mine works for a marketing company and sent me this thing that you could type in that has this, it's a universal Spotify. So you could go into Spotify Japan, Spotify Hungary, Spotify America, but you have to sign up for the service to do it first. Okay. So once I get the money together to do it, I'm going to do it because then I'll be able and they're going to implement this in America in the middle of 2013 once they get the, the ASCAP right sorted out. Because, um, again, it's always lawyers that are standing in the way. Probably also once the debt settles for me and mine. Yeah, but then you'll be able to, like, if you go on vacation and say, you know, Copenhagen and you're a great band, you'll be able to go home and not have to, like, freak out and try to find the record. Well, and there are services that will let you act like you're elsewhere, which is... Really? Yeah, well... Private uh, I'm sorry? Yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh, uh, the one that I had heard that I have yet to try is uh, called Tunnel Bear. It works. Yeah. 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 Again, pretend to have an IP address coming from some other source. Right. Yeah, my, Useful. my husband's uh, actually deployed right now, and he was uh, trying to figure out how to like watch Netflix and, and get music and stuff like that over there, and he used one of those programs, yeah. and it was a blocking IP thing. But then eventually, like whoever the IT was, uh, IT people is in the government were like, ha we found you, and they figured out how to block it. He's like, I can't take it over to them to have them unblock it. Take it <laughs> yeah. Now, what Spotify already has as a service, you pay for that the, the $10 mobile thing is that they already let you take your stuff abroad, but they haven't yeah. quite worked it out yet. But I think, as you were saying, that's coming. So it would be legit, just like that went on. And yeah, yeah. Not yeah. technically legit, but they can. Some of the private IP services are pretty sophisticated. They actually bounce a signal back from the U.S. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. is just using Spotify, just yeah. without yeah. IP, without IP. Well, it's, it's a things. it's a technological arms race. What once they find one thing, then it basically yep. <laughs> what, what they don't understand is that, I mean, they're referred to as dark nets, you know? The, the more that you drive things underground, the more they go underground. So they won't win. So, But they don't know this. So, okay, fine. Someone in the back there, yes. I just had a, a random question. How, um, We'd like those. How, how popular is uh, the artist The Streets in, uh, in the UK? Um, Not as much as they used to. No, their first two albums were huge, yeah. and they were top ten singles every time. But um, his third album, he, like, there's a big break between the second and third, wasn't there, or something has, like that? Has, has Skinner said he's done with that? Well, he's producing a lot more records, too. Because yeah. I know he did the bit in Doctor Who. Yeah, and I don't think he knows what he wants to do musically, because the third record, at least to me, sounded really scattered. It, it was, and it really flopped hard. Um, I mean, there was just no interest in it, so... Uh, which was a shame because when he first came out with the you know original pirate material, 
it was mind blowing at the time because there was just nothing like it around. Yeah, yeah. the Grand Del Comfort Free. I love that album. Yeah. yeah. But the first two Streets records you should check out. Yeah, as well. No, we're kind of more to the room. You know what I mean? Just because anyone else talking to the internet. I saw him in Central Park open for the Beastie Boys, and it was friggin' incredible. I saw him play at a, it was at an Irish festival called Witness at the time, and um, he uh, he had an uh, he had a, a girlfriend in the crowd. She kind of came out from like to uh, like watch him on stage, and she was chatting beside me. And she was just talking about how much she loves him and all that kind of stuff. And, but their drummer, his drummer on stage at the time was uh, was Danny from Supergrass. He was helping him out because he was there uh, just for the day as well, and they were short of drummers. So he's like, I'll play for you. Um, but yeah, it was just it was yeah. there. He's a really good gig. And, and if you want a really good, interesting band that sort of had a great life, a short burst lifespan that died, it was super graphic, they had It's All Right, and then Pumping on the Stereo, probably the two big records, it's probably all you really need. Well, In It For The Money. In It For The Money, yeah. yeah. Too. But I mean, Supergrass was like this really great band that had so much potential that just completely self-destructed, which was really sad. What so. happened to Northside? Oh yeah, they did Take Five and Let's Take a Trip and all that. Yeah, I, actually it's really funny because I played Take Five at like four in the morning. Um, and This morning you mean? This morning, yeah, and wow. everybody hated it. But... Uh, but they didn't hate it as much as Case Sarah. That was a great album, and like, yeah. nothing ever happened to them after they were... Well, the thing is, too, is that when you get around a lot of these Manchester bands, in the same way that the Happy Mondays could have everybody in the band take a load of X, and they had Tony Wilson to sort of keep their shit together, like the Northside, the Wendy's, and some of these other bands had nobody. So the big thing is they put out one hit, they got really great, they got greedy, and they just couldn't get their shit together. The other thing is they couldn't get American visas to play over here, which was huge. Because which is what originally happened to Stone Roses. Which, like, Geffen Records, you know, signed them, and then they couldn't put them on tour. Well, they're going to drop you if you can't come over here and tour. I mean, it's a pretty brutal business still. So, but the, yeah, that's one of those great records. It's like, I have the 12-inch now, so I'm very excited. Are those usually drug issues that cause those visas? Somet- sometimes it's drug issues. Sometimes, though... Uh, from what I understand, in England, if you grow up and you have like a domestic team, if you're like an Asbo, if you have a record, if you have a record, like if you're, if you're 18, you get in a bar fight, it, it carries more weight on a visa than it would here. Um, things like that, you know. Sometimes it's just they're picky, you know. I mean. What are you going to do? I mean, I know Jonathan Coulton would stop at the airport for visa issues. I mean, and he's the, like, nicest guy in the world, so... <laughs> it's, most of the time, it's, a, yeah, it's either a paperwork easy. issue. Yeah. It's either a paperwork issue or, you know, there's there's issues where you just get stopped because you have a shitload of drugs that you shouldn't have. Manic Street Creatures. Um, you know, um, which is kind of interesting. So... Again, that's one of those, like, you have all these interesting bands from the 90s, right? You have The Farm, and you have um, Northside, and, and to a certain extent, the Inspiral Carpets, although they had a certain degree of success. But they all could have been bigger than they really were if they just got their shit together. And it's really sad. It's, but it's kind of in the inverse of that. Um, James is another one. One of my favorite um, Britpop era bands uh, that only split up uh, two years ago was um, The Blue Tones. Oh, and yeah, yeah. I absolutely adore them with the bottom of my heart. And my, my, if I ever had to be stuck on an island with one record, it would be Return to the Last Sound Saloon, which is their second record. It's amazing. But uh, their problem was they would have been much. They had like they knocked Oasis off the album charts. With what, what's they? What's the story? Morning Glory was uh, kicked off the number one spot by their debut album. Uh, uh, and um, they were only kept off the number one spot with their uh, song Slight Return 
by uh, Wonderwall. So um, it's like they they were one of the big bands at the time, but they didn't become famous because they weren't on drugs and getting into the newspaper headlines and causing as much fuss as some of the other bands were. They were they they weren't fighting, and and that's why they were one of the last bands to split up. They only split up two years ago. They were releasing albums consistently since then because they were clean cut. You know, regular guys, and they weren't seen as cool. Yeah. Pleasant people with good work ethic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, in the back. Um, I saw the Cribs here like uh, a couple months ago, who I've never heard of. It's a whole and, new band now. Like, yeah. Was in their band and stuff. Not anymore. Yeah. No label support here at all. I don't know. Are they? Are they? They're still around. They they had an American deal. Well, the minute they got Johnny Marr, they magically got an American deal. The minute they didn't have Johnny Marr, they put out. A, I mean, all their records are, are pretty interesting. But um, once Johnny Marr left, the American labels didn't want to touch him because they didn't really have a thing that they didn't. The Cribs are one of those bands that you can't really put a sound on. They're not. A, they're not. A, you can put them on a KEXP or you can put them on a, a college station and they'll fit in. But if you try to translate to a commercial alternative station, they don't have a distinctive niche that you can put them in. Well, it's actually have to find an alternative commercial station. Well, there, there still are some. They just play like you know stuff. That we don't listen to, but yeah. So there are still ones. They're just technically not really alternative. But um, there, that last record they put out is actually surprisingly better um, than you would think it is. It's just a completely different. It's not as electronic. It's really poppy. Um, that was one of, I think it was favorite touring this last album. Yeah, it was really good. I was like, surprised that I had. On this tour, they're not doing Man's Needs, which is you know their big hit, but they're not doing it on the tour. But that's okay. Can we talk to what's happening with the Arctic Monkeys? Yeah. Um, because they're a band that are really in a uh, I'm finding myself, dude, um, kind of phase. Because their last couple of records have been all over the place. Now, was that a case of them, or was it the case of uh, Josh producing them? Well, I thought, because the first one that he produced was uh, Not So Can See, but the one before that, what was that? My favorite worst nightmare. My, no, my, it wasn't. My favorite worst nightmare. Humbug. Humbug. Humbug, yeah. Which I hated. Um, uh, yeah, you can give me those eyes if you want. So I think he's still trying to figure out where he's going. He's got all these influences. What they did with Come Together at the Olympics I thought was great. Um, if you uh, heard it when Bob Costas wasn't talking. Yeah, the thing that was the, the thing that was really funny is there's an interview with Alex Turner on Radio 1. He's like, we're doing Come Together, and we turned over, and there's Paul McCartney watching us. And then after the set, he came over and told us we liked it. I didn't know what to do. You know, <laughs> I'm just like, what, what do you do? Yeah, yeah, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. Well, see, the thing is, I you think... You say thank you? I think Alex Turner <laughs> is one of those guys who needs a reason to write. He well, can't just young. write on demand. So he's like, what, 23 still? Because, well, yeah, it's close to, because he was 18 when they first came yeah. out with the first album. Oh and, and that was just full of, like, teenage angst of, I hate being in a small town, all you people suck, I can't wait to get out of here, which was, like, really kind of uh, beautifully written. <laughs> the classics. And then the second album was, like, because they got became such uh, media darlings so quickly... And it, a lot of the second album is just writing about how much he hates journalists. And how but the singles off of it are good. Yeah, oh, no, I, I like the second album. I think it plays better uh, after a while. I think it's not, a, not a, it's not as an instant hit as the first one, but there's, the, like, there's a lot of stuff written about, written about how girls are suddenly throwing themselves at him, and he's not a little bit uncomfortable with that. Um, but by the third one, it's like, I'm a rock and roll Jesus. And it's just not as cool anymore. It's not as interesting. Oh, yet. The random flowers effect. Yes, exactly. Without the feathery uh, shoulder pads, so <laughs> that makes it. <laughs> but 
I'm yeah. hoping this breakup does something for him. I know it's a terrible thing to hope. No, I, I think you're right, though, because there is something about the movie. If you get a chance to listen to his EP for the film Submarine, it's incredible. Oh, yeah. Or just watch Submarine. Well, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, that's another thing I drove everyone to. Yeah, just watch that movie. I went and saw that movie five straight nights in the theater because it was so great. And I got the Blu-ray, and I watched it. It's it's like to me a great movie. And the guy who um, Richard, yeah, but he produces yeah. all their videos. So if you get a chance to watch all their other videos, you should do that as yeah. well. Well, he also did a lot of videos for Vampire Weekend too. That was kind of before Submarine came out. And if you kind of watch them, you kind of see where his he had definitely has a style which is very interesting and not what you'd expect from a guy who plays Moss. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, he's he's really he's really good. I'm kind of quite jealous of his career. Anyway, yeah. Well, I, I think I think uh, that we need some sort of service then, where you can, um, you know, hire somebody to go uh, get in, get a rock star enthralled with them, uh, spend a year with a good life, and then break up with them so that you can get the music that you want. Yeah. And now to the Fiona Apple dating service. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, in the back there. I had another uh, random one. Uh, back in I think it was '99. How big was the movie uh, Human Traffic release? Human Traffic was a movie that you can pick up anywhere for two dollars they reduced the price of that DVD like I've never seen a, a DVD like just it was like air it was just everywhere you could buy it in like corner shops you could buy it in clothes stores you could just buy it everywhere they were giving it away for free in newspapers on a Sunday that is literally like how Blair Witch was distributed here um, much, yeah. yeah it was crazy it was just all over the place so it was one of those movies that uh, everyone's seen and there's, there's quite a, a fondness for it but it's got a, it's a cult movie it's not it wasn't yeah. it wasn't generally popular but it, a lot of you know college students had all seen it and loved it at some point or another you know but had it come out after train spotting it would have been huge <laughs> yeah it was kind of it was it, but it, it was it, it, weirdly enough probably more apt to what the scene was like than train spotting was yeah. really you know but uh, yeah no it, it was it was uh, liked but not big yeah that's why they put it Ladies, getting back to the uh, early '90s alternative bands, uh, whatever happened to bands like EMF or Jesus Jones? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, well, I have a great EMF story, but I can't tell it right now because there's it's kids in the audience. Stories. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> Kids. Jesus, jo- I've cursed like five times. So Jesus, uh, Jesus Jones are still touring. Actually, they still tour, um, and that's about all I know is that they still tour. Uh, but I, don't, I think it's—I don't know if it's the original band or if it's just my, the, the singer in a hack. I have no idea. Um, EMF is a case of a band that just absolutely imploded on itself. Um, one, they couldn't stop taking X, which does not help you at all making a record. I mean, um, and they literally sort of. Did the whole? Cra- I think they crashed and burned because they made that first record. It was huge, and um, the second record just went. And they tried to make an ambitious second record, and it just died when they finally realized. You know, the, the second album killed them. You know, that was it. They have a third album, but no one released it because no one cares. Um, funny enough, in England, they put anything out on CD. There's actually an EMF box set coming out, which is like really. You know, I, okay. But as far as I know, they're, they're pretty much done. I think Jesus Jones is still kicking around. Um, I think they do a couple pickup dates here and there with like the Wonder Stuff and, and bands sort of that are sort of in that sort of mold. Uh, but that's all I know. Thanks. Anyone else? Yeah, in the back. What's, you can go first. What's the more 
expert opinion on Kasabian. I feel like they're almost too good to be true. I want to bet with myself that you were going to ask a Kasabian question. Uh, if anyone follows her on Tumblr, you'll know why. Um, so, uh, Kasabian are a band that tour regularly to big crowds. Um, they're playing, uh, they have a lot of bands that I think consider bigger than them supporting them yeah. which is very strange so everyone loves them yeah. yeah in the case of Kasabian does it, does it depend on which Kasabian shows up on which album mm. I mean I've never really gotten into them that much because I just feel like they're just it's partly due to like the, the show, Gallagher's really, won't really shut really up about them the Gallagher's will not shut up about them at all Noel and Liam they're just like oh my god I love Kasabian and it's like they're, it's, I really feel like Kasabian got into the so you, you have a sort of Robert Smith about Morrissey feeling about the Gallagher's my problem with Kasabian is that their albums it sounds like they're trying to capture the popular moment of that time on their records sort of but they make, I mean, again, they make great singles, but it's, it's kind of like, okay, this particular style of music is popular right now, so this is what our record's going to sound like. Yeah. Um, unlike Muse, who just does their shit every record and tries to do it, even if you don't like it, they're a great live. If you, know, if you don't like Muse on record, at least go see them live, because yeah. live, they're just, like, completely different. It's like Placebo as well. Placebo are always worth seeing live. Yeah. They're just a really good band. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Kasabian are, I, I think they're, and they're kind of, geared towards being a live band too because like you said they've got good singles that you know mm-hmm. anybody can like but um, they're they're not they're not a generally popular band they, they don't really make the charts all that all that often I mean the, the odd single will but they had a, didn't the WWE yes overplay their one of theirs yes recently? and again they've been very shrewd in that they've, they've had a right a good label with a good marketing company to push them which has been huge. They sort of capitalized off of the end of the Britpop thing when it was coming out over here. It's kind of like, okay, Blur doesn't really want to do anything. Oasis have split up. We need to move on to something. Oh, we'll go to these guys. And they played ball. And that's part of the reason why they work so well is that they got licensed for TV shows. They got licensed for songs. They got licensed for commercials. They got licensed for pro wrestling. Yeah. You know, so their, their music is always out there. So What's that one that already just shows I'm on fire for about 10 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was on fire. Oh, surprisingly. Yeah, that's on like every like television adverse that, yeah. that it was ever made. Yeah. Oh, that. I'm, I'm sorry, we had somebody in the back doors there. Yes. Okay, just, um, you know, there's certain phases that you can tell that pop music goes through. A couple years ago, it was, you know, the British female soloist, the Lily Allen. Yeah. People and all that. What do you guys see as the next big thing that's coming up? And please don't say One Direction. <laughs> Why not? Oh. <laughs> all right. Baby, you light up my world like nobody else. Just, just stop right now. <laughs> When I look in your eyes, I get Everyone, so well. Everyone is making that Stop cringe it. tone now, Aaron. Okay. It's a creepy song when you think about it, by the way. It is. Everything they do is creepy when you think about it. <laughs> I watched the show that they became, they, they came together on. I watched that uh, X Factor, um, because X Factor is always good for car crash television. And um, it's, yeah, I mean, I have to say, that the dirtiest little teenagers I've ever come across in my life. Uh, I don't know if that was it was well documented over here, but when they 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 didn't win their their series, they became like I think third or something like that. So they came from X Factor. Yes, they're from X Factor. They were they were they all came solo to audition, and Simon Cowell um, wouldn't put them through with solo. Uh, com- I was going to say competitors, but that sounds like they're fighting in a the theater. But um, they, they, they said, wow. but they said we'll put you, if you if you come together as a band. We'll put you through to the live shows, and they said, "Yeah, we'll do that." Yeah. Um, but it's uh, Harry, who's like 
there's a couple of funny things about them. I won't get into their music, but about them, that's kind of funny. Um, dreamy. They, they're so dreamy. Uh, so the final, they they always bring guests back for the final. And the guy, the guy who won the final actually won by singing a Biffy Clyro cover. Um, and uh, yes, it was uh, many a horror he sang, yeah. <laughs> And um, so when the, when the balloons come down and like you know he won and every, and everyone's cheering all the you know people who got knocked out in previous rounds come out and congratulate him and Harry who's like the curly haired one from the band he whispers in his ear but whispers so loudly that the mics pick it up you're gonna get so much pussy from this <laughs> right every, all the papers picked it up. Um, he was. He ended up sleeping with the 34-year-old host of the show for a while, um, but he has thrown a hitty fit because in England he's considered the hot and sexy one, but for some reason over here a lot of the girls seem to go crazy for Niall Horan, who's like the blonde Irish one. Ladies. And, um, People uh, really do win on eat coffee. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so uh, he apparently has like caused a fuss and has yeah. like asked for him to be like shown less because like he doesn't like the fact that he's not the center of attention now because like oh, back home like the girls are all crazy for him. So yeah, there's a lot of fun stories about them. So at the very least, if not for the music, keep them around just so we can hear the new stories that go along with them. We had a bingo. We had a bingo. What do you got? Uh, everyone talks at once. Definitely. Sons, uh, make up your own reason. Ron's mm. pain book. <laughs> <laughs> um, someone complains about lack of sleep, failed joke, and shameless plug for new coffee. That'll work. Bingo! Yay! 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 Well done. Alright, so you win the David Gilmore live. This is actually the. Uh, one, two, three. Yeah, this is the four disc version that has the two DVDs that go nice. along with it. Also, the One Direction TV. You had asked about, getting back to the real part of your question, uh, you had asked about trends coming up. I think that it's safe to say that after the performance of Dizzy Rascal at the Olympics, that you're going to see that sort of grimy British rap thing coming back. Um, particularly the fact that dubstep is just still huge in England right now. Uh, if you haven't heard the Nero, Nero record uh, or Burial, uh, you might want to check those out. Um, I, w- I would recommend anybody to try out Rizzle Kicks, um, they, especially if you like the streets and stuff like that. Uh, they really are like a fun uh, hip hop band that, that do cross over to a couple of different genres. That you can actually download a full uh, album of theirs for free online if you go to one of their websites, which is called Adolescents Discretions or something like that. But yeah. it, it's basically they, 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 they did a lot of mashups where they did. Um, uh, oh, Yellow Bricks, uh, the yeah. Arctic Monkey songs, and uh, they did like raps over that and stuff. But they're very big. But they have a great video out um, with uh, the companion from Doctor Who, but also from uh, Gavin and Stacey. What's his name? Oh, oh, Cord- James, oh James Corden. James okay. yeah. Corden. Uh, the, the song's yeah. called "Mama Do the Hump." And <laughs> it's they they film it in their house with just a camcorder, and their mothers rap mime rapping their lyrics. <laughs> And James Corden um, pops by to visit, yeah. and they all just dance like this for the video with James Corden and their moms. Yeah. The so they're nice guys, and you know it's it's good fun. Is that some sort of naughty slang that name, or is it just to sound funny? Well, Mama did the home. No, Rizzle Kicks. Oh, Rizzle Kicks. Um, it, it's some because they they they're young. They're still only like eighteen, nineteen, yeah. and they started releasing all these songs when they were like sixteen and stuff. And there were uh, there was jokes about how one of them was good at football and stuff, and they have like all this kind of stuff. So, you yeah. know, and yeah. Matt Smith loves them. It's, they're like his favorite band too. Which is really yeah. They also sounds like Razzle because they're playing a pun on that as well. Uh, not that I'm aware of. 
you know, I could be proven wrong on that, but I don't. I, I think Razzle would go over their heads. <laughs> They're slightly young for that. <laughs> but, yeah, right here. Okay, going off your Rizzle kicks. Kick. It's Riz. Um, okay, so you know they they had a song with Ollie Murs who. Mm-hmm. Had I like Ollie Murs as no, a pop I mean, artist. He's, he's he's catchy, right? He's really catchy. Yeah, he's another X Factor guy. Yeah. Um, well, did you know like? One of the things that really disappointed me in just kind of getting onto the how we kind of Americanized things is they had that song together and he released it over here, reshot the video, and then did it with like a completely different, completely different rapper. rapper. Yeah. Yeah. Really? That, yeah. So Rizzle Kicks, it's not even like on the track over here. That's surprising. Because, and it's so much better. Like it's yeah, and the original video is, is good too. It's I not a imagine, bad video. I would imagine that's a label thing. Oh, yeah. definitely, definitely. I would imagine that's a label thing. There's probably an A&R thing, because uh, they did that with the Estelle record last time, too. Okay. This is good, By the but way, can you do it with Kanye? Ali Murs has this weird thing, because um, part of the, because he was an X-Factor contestant, part of what they do when it gets close to the final is they have a, I think they do it here, too, is a celebrity comes out and sings with them. Um, and they do a duet as part of their show. And uh, the celebrity that came out with him was Robbie Williams. Now, um, I know he's not, he's kind of, everyone hates him over this side of the water, but he's still a big deal back home. And um, Robbie Williams fell in love with him. Like, he had such a bro crush on him. Like, he was hugging him and just going, like, we're going for drinks after this. And, like, just made a completely new best friend. And I don't know, I think he ended up on Robbie's label. Uh, so it's kind of like, I, I, I wouldn't surprise me because. It, that that's part of the problem is the label he's on and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's uh, anyway. Bobby Williams, go figure. <laughs> you all right, Rob? No, I'm fine. <laughs> sorry, 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 every year we do this fucking panel and somebody brings up Robbie Williams. I don't understand this. Okay, sorry. Is that on the bingo card? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just he's Robbie Williams. <laughs> Millennium came out what '97. It's over. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Anybody else have a question? Yes. What's a good website or something? Like, I could ask about 12 or 14 different bands, where are they now? What's a good where are they now type of source? Wikipedia. (laughs) I I usually look at NME, which is fun, and then also uh, Uncut. They're both pretty good, fun little sites of just general British news stuff. Um, Also, Slicing Eyeballs is really good. Drowned in Sound. Drowned in Sound. Slicing Eyeballs is sort of like 80s, 90s rock, and they anytime any of those bands do a sputter, they, they talk about them, um, which is great as well. What's yeah. Nick Rhodes deal? Is it worse than it appears? Uh, I don't know. The book, it, the, Nick Rhodes from Duran Duran is a... Um, uh, no, it's John Taylor's got a book coming out, I think, from Duran Duran, which is supposed to be just brutal. I think that, that was the announcement just uh, a couple of... Like they, can't, they canceled his New York show a week ago. Yeah. And then they canceled the rest of it. But I know they've been torn for like 18 months. I know he was diagnosed with something, but the press release was a little sketchy. Okay. So I know they put something out, but they were canceling dates. Yeah. I know he's been diagnosed with something, but I just didn't catch yeah. what it was he was diagnosed with. Because I think that was actually happening as we were coming here to, uh, to yeah. the con to do this. So. You could listen to the next edition of The Soundboard at needcoffee.com, <laughs> and we would probably have an update on that. We just might. But I thought I saw another. Do we, hand? Hand? Do we have another? Oh. Yes. How troubled am I for liking Sherlock? Barry. Sherlock, <laughs> um, <laughs> again, an X Factor contestant. 
Um, they're, it's, they're really churning out the, the majority of the British uh, pop scene at the moment is X Factor. It's, it seems like a lot more of the British artists come from those than if they do. Like, oh, yeah, some of definitely. the ones here actually make it big, but most of them don't really go anywhere. And it's, it's funny enough, more enough, it's, it's never the winners that actually yeah. uh, do it's, well, too. Isn't it kind of a population thing because so much of the population, because the population is smaller, you know, a lot more people are actually watching X Factor? Well, it's a, I think it's a much more popular show on our side as well. Yeah, like, yeah. Percentage-wise, it gets more. <laughs> And also here now it's splintered because you've got you've got American X Factor, you've got American Idol, you've got The Voice, you've got like four dozen like talent. America shows. has talent. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like what Idol was, you know, when we just had just Idol where we yeah. Kelly Clarkson, boom. And then four other shows came out and it diluted the Well whole the thing. weird thing is, and I know this will be talking more about American music, but uh, like I country music seems to be getting big here. Uh, all of a sudden, Get because <laughs> well, no bigger, <laughs> like more mainstream. I feel um, because well, well, like yeah, Taylor Swift and stuff. Like, like all this, all the country music people on American music. Idol and stuff seems to be doing well. And I, I think what it is is that we've gotten to this era, and this kind of started in the '80s, where country acts started to do like more pop stuff. And right. This kind of goes back to Glenn Campbell to a point, but because uh, he was kind of the one that kind of started that, actually. Um, but uh, just a lot of making country more formula, more more pop oriented, so that it got to the pop chart, so that you could actually sell it to a larger audience. You don't tell anyone it's country till after they like it. Yeah. Well, there's there's yeah. been a big kind of folk renaissance lately. So you have yeah. the folk rock stuff kind of yeah. moving yeah. the other side, yeah. using a lot of the same instrumentation. So it's like people start listening to something like Mumford and Sons, and they're like, "Ooh, mandolin, that sounds cool." And then maybe they listen to Alison Krauss or something, right. and it kind of gets them into it from the other. Side. Well, we had uh, the bearded gentleman. Yes, I, I was wondering, uh, what is the group uh, Underworld up to? Are they, still, are they still? Well, they did music for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, they did the thing. What was it? Uh, the guy from uh, was it out? Al- was it Alex Turner that they did the single with? Yeah. The Olympics. Yeah, they did a thing with uh, Alex Turner from the Arctic Monkeys as a single. They did music for the Olympics. They got. Uh, a couple of score things they're doing and then they also people forget they still have their own design company that they do so they do other people's videos and graphic design and, and things like that because when they broke up the first time and went away they're like we're just going to concentrate on our graphic design stuff so I remember they, they showed up for uh, uh, what was it Ultra 2011 in Miami yeah yeah conversely Orbital's back as well they're, they're touring yeah yes ma'am right here oh yeah it's crowdsourcing Become popular at all in the UK. Uh, I mean, they, 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 we have uh, there are a number of American bands who kind of dropped their labels once they become famous, or now like having their next album produced by their fans. I think this is a lot more indie labels. I think that's how we counteract it. Uh, and yeah. there's a lot more small labels uh, on our side because they don't do the crowdsourcing thing as much. Yeah. Um, I think it's easier for American bands because you're you've got a bigger audience. Yeah. Um, I think what they're what I've seen more often is like uh, stuff like the Killing Joke live album that they put out, mm-hmm. and they they crowdsource that uh, as opposed to what they have with their label attachments. Mm-hmm. So you'll see stuff like, and I've noticed that. So you'll see stuff like live albums and and stuff come out that they do like the the crowdsource Kickstarter with that don't go through their label. It's technically international. Yeah. So. I've seen more stuff like that with 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 uh, with, the, with the UK bands than you know the Amanda Palmer thing happening yet. So and they also put out tons more records. Yeah, seven yeah. inches CD singles. That stuff has still not really went away over. And they still have a singles market over there, like you were saying. So you know they 
have a lot more opportunity, especially the NBA will have a lot more opportunity over there to move product than we do over here because the singles market is absolutely gone. Well, the thing that I find weird is that you'll have, I see this, especially for when you send stuff for like Music Monday and stuff, because it's usually UK music and stuff like that, is that you'll have a CD hit over there and... Okay, so even if the CD doesn't hit here, why wouldn't you put it out on MP3 so that we could get at it rather than having, well, you could own this CD, but it's an import for $29. No one's going to buy that. They're just going to go and legally acquire it. So, I mean, is that is that a label stupidity thing? Or? A lot of it's a label thing because, like, if a band is negotiating with the label to put it out, mm. the label will say, no, this doesn't get available as a regular thing until we put it out and put our market on it. It could be like the vaccines where their first record is taking the British copy is actually different than the American copy. The American label remasters it and tweaks the sound a little and then puts it out. Martina Toppenberg. Yeah. yeah. The same thing. Yeah. So uh, there's some of that stuff in, in with it too. And just generally, you know, if you're going to invest all this money in a band, you don't want anybody to buy their record before you put it out. Yeah. So there's a lot of sort of control issues that are kind of stupid that they have in place. So speaking of singles, is this the part on the podcast where I can plug Phonogram? Yes, yeah, sure. Podcast on the panel. All right. Who has read it Phonogram, the comic? Only one? Okay. I obviously have a mission here. All right. There is a comic called Phonogram. There are two trades that are out, and there's going to be a third series that's starting no. when, honey, in the fall sometime. November. Uh, November. If it the is, ad is to be believed, November, which, yeah. by the way, the ad is killer. I'm just signing for you now. If you are in this room because you're interested in Britpop, you need to read Phonogram. It's so good. The Singles Club is really good, and Ruby Trania, they're both really, really good. The name of the two trades that are out. They are comics where music is magic, and they're all about the Britpop scene. Yeah. And people who are involved in the Britpop scene. And the second one, the second one is more about the, uh, the club scene. Yeah, the club scene. Britpop is kind of the first one, the club scene, second one. Yeah. They're very good. They're extensively annotated. So there's like lengthy footnotes in the back about all the different bands that are referenced and talking <laughs> about them. And there's like funny little asides about them and why they're funny and what the jokes are mean. Uh, it, it'll give you a shortcut to a lot of music to try. It'll give you a lot of interesting background information. And as comics, as stories, they're really, really good. And that is one of the only comics that I actually continually follow and look for new yeah. ones. I really, really you love You should also it. You look should for an indie comic. Also, the art is great. There's an indie comic, too, you should look for called Pretentious Record Store Guy. That's also really good. The goal that I'm trying to do for the second zine is to get the guy from Pretentious Record Store Guy to interview the guy from Phonogram. But it's... Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not been easy. So, so all right. Well, yeah. I, we've we've got just a few minutes left. We should probably close out with panel bingo because we only had the one bingo, and we do have prizes to give away. Yeah. And so we can do that, and then we can tell people where to find our stuff. Uh, bingo players, what where what is your status? We need one more. What is it? What, Ask, what? Someone asked a stupid question. Well, that could. Well, why did we do that? That, that, te- that technically, it's probably happened quite a bit. All right, so. then bingo. So, okay, we'll, we'll bingo you. We'll bingo you. I burned them for the steroids, so that'll count. Yeah, for you, for you, we'll get we'll get the uh, we have the the mojo issue from the UK that it involves Pink Floyd and uh, an Arctic Monkeys CD single. So we can have these two. And I can have those two. Uh, who else? Who else is playing? So what is their what does their card say? Oh their their card has nothing even remotely close to complete. Okay. Oh man. Yeah. So yeah. Three three one two.
Two, one. All right. All right. Well, well, let's. Well, what I would say is this: we can we give them away, and I'll just talk. Yeah. Does anybody have any questions or anything they want to? They really wanted to ask, but couldn't ask or anything. I do yes. want to say one thing uh, in regards to what Tim was saying about a phonogram and Rupert Tenney and a singles club. If you actually are lucky enough to buy the original trades, there's even more source material in the bag in the UK. Every last uh, yeah. one of them, their entire they added. They had way more of the track listing and what was going on while they were listening, while Kieran was listening to the track. Yeah, he especially did that in Singles yeah. Club book for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's so fascinating, and it's and there's they've got a lot of personality because he'll be like, I like this because, and he'll go and talk about it, yeah. and it's it's great. Like if you're new to it or if you're an old friend. Either way, I can't recommend it highly enough. It's awesome in the same way that High Fidelity was awesome. Yeah. You have a question. This is going to sound like kind of an asshole question. Oh, no, we'd be getting those. Oh, no, we do that. Go ahead. We're assholes anyway, so it's fine. A week after Dragon Con, I have to go to England, so where should I go to hear some music? Well, okay. I have to go to work. All right, we should all leave the building. That's why I said it would sound like an asshole question, but where should we go for, like, to hear good live music or anything? All right, well, first... Um, Radio 1 You can listen before you Well yeah I love Radio right. 1 Right um, The other thing Yeah Radio 1 and Radio 6 The other what, You're saying in London proper Yeah Okay well, um, Two things One The Camden Underground mm-hmm. Which um, This is where I sound like an asshole Whenever I DJ in, under, in, in London that's, Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Underworld in Camden um, Which is awesome club. It's a club yeah. But they do like nights Like I think Thursday night Is actual like 80s sort of Post-punk night and then they do some contemporary pop stuff, and they sort of mix up the different nights. That's also really good. If you go pretty much anywhere near, anywhere near Camden, you're going to find a lot of pretty cool bars. How awesome do you want to get? Well, I think she wants right. awesome. <laughs> Everyone will tell you, don't go to Bristol and don't go to Brick Lane. But there are tons and tons of really great clubs in Bristol. But most of the audience is either um, West African or um, yeah, like my or, or, or Indian or no, but it's, it's not a, yeah. a typical sort of English club thing. But the music is friggin' fantastic, right? The that great thing is you can go across the street and get a curry and then go dance, which is something that you can't do here. Um, so that's good. If you get a chance, though, um, there, there are tons of really great clubs still in Manchester. Uh, there's a couple great places in Leeds if you need if you want to take a day trip. Um, um, I highly recommend you take the two-hour train trip to Liverpool though, and at least go to the Cavern Club because they have uh, a night where they do Beatles night, and then they have another night that does Northern Soul. And if you can find a club that does like a Northern, a, 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 an old-school Northern Soul night, where like the DJ is older than me, go. They're incredible. Because I went to one, it's like oh, the guy was like playing 45s. It's like awesome. All of his records are friggin' 45s, you know, and it's just shit you've never seen. They um, do. They do. It's not on my Virgin anymore, but it's awesome. The Virgin Megastore is really great as well. The best thing about London is you will just find it. Yep. Get, get the Time Out London. Really briefly, get a Time Out London and a Metro. A Time Out. Time Out London. The Time Out London is online. I can't even figure out where I should really go to hear good music. Time Out London. Music. And Metro. And then you can always look at the New Music Ex- Express in the back and see where all the ads are, fans coming. Shepherd's Bush, that's a big concert hall in, in, in London. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. All right. All right. We got the actual, actual, you know, Sorry. It's just like Top Gear. All right. Folks, thanks so much for coming. Remember, we have copies of the zine here. 
and uh, and come and see us on eatcoffee.com. Look for the soundboard podcast on your podcast, and you'll get even more of this startling information. Thanks so much, everyone. And some of us will return later this evening for the British Crime Show's panel. Yes, British Crime Show's panel. That's going to be a boom. Thank you. It was an excellent event. I appreciate it. Thanks. I really hope you unfollowed me.